Welcome to the Emotional Health Podcast. I'm Lucy, the host, and this podcast is designed to encourage and equip you in your emotional health through education, interviews, and real-life experiences. Enjoy! Hi, and welcome back to the Emotional Health Podcast. Um, I hope you guys are doing well um, and enjoying the episodes so far. Um, I'm doing a bit of a recording day today, so we recorded quite a few today, which is fun. Um, and today, we are going to be chatting all about how do we challenge those pesky thoughts that we do not want. Ultimately, how do we challenge our unhelpful thoughts, as the episode title suggests. So today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through some things that I normally do in my sessions with my young people about getting them to come up with alternative thoughts and a process and a way of doing that. If you haven't already, I'd really recommend you go back and listen to the two previous episodes all around thoughts, the power of thoughts and understanding how our thoughts work, because that will really give you an underpinning of, you know, why our thoughts are important, how our thoughts work. And then now we're going to be looking at, okay, well then how do we start taking control of them? But a quick sum up is that, you know, we do have control of our thoughts it's just over time sometimes we can lose that control Um, and it's important to know that we can't necessarily control what thoughts come into our mind but we can take charge and we can choose whether we want to engage with that particular thought or not a bit like when we're choosing to go on a train at a train station was the analogy I used and then also we can do that because we know thoughts are not facts so just because you think something does not mean it's true So that's a really quick sum up, but definitely go back to previous episodes and take a listen and then, yeah, come back to this one. So this is the practical one, the one that probably most people, you know, really want to know is like, okay, well, how do I do it? What do I do? And, you know, it's great sort of talking about this stuff. And I do think it's so important that we do chat about it and understand it a bit more before we dive into the more practical stuff. But the practical stuff is really helpful because it's the actual stuff that helps us to start changing things. And really, this process is simple. And I'm not saying this is the only way to do this kind of thing, to start changing the way you're thinking. This is just a way, a process that has been seen to be working quite well. It's A lot of it is based on CBT practices, so that's cognitive behavioural therapy, so starting to sort of re-change and re-challenge the way you think because that's all about cognition. But it's also just a really, it's quite a simple format. You know, as I said in the previous episode, it's its not easy, this stuff. It can be challenging and it can be hard, but it is actually quite simple. So the first thing to note is that you will notice that this episode is called Challenging Unhelpful Thoughts. And I usually call thoughts helpful or unhelpful. And you may have heard people call them positive or negative. Now, I have nothing against calling it positive or negative, and actually sometimes I will still use those phrases to describe words. But I think using the terms helpful or unhelpful is better because the reason we're looking at challenging these thoughts is not necessarily just because of the thought itself, but because of the impact that it has. So what you want to be doing is going back to understanding, looking at your thought cycle, you want to see what impact does that thought have on my life? And is that impact helpful or unhelpful? Instead of just seeing the thought as positive or negative. Because sometimes, actually, a negative thought could have a positive outcome. For example, if your thought is, I'm really, you know, my friend is upset, that person's hurt them, um, 
I, you know, that's really bad that this is happening or something like that, that isn't necessarily a positive thought. It's not thinking, you know, that everything is absolutely fine all the time. Um, It's actually a fairly negative thought, but it's a thought that might promote a feeling that gets you to move into action that is actually helpful. So you might feel sad for your friends. So therefore you go and, you know, cook them a meal or give them a ring that is actually has a positive impact. You know, same with kind of actually things in the world that seem unjust and you are wanting to rally against actually, you know, for example, for me with this podcast, it was like, I was really upset that not a lot of people knew about this kind of stuff. And that actually we had, you had to wait weeks on end to you know hear about this stuff or that we don't teach it enough in our education systems and you know I was thinking about these things and they're not exactly the most positive thoughts actually I feel quite negative about it and then actually that promoted me to feel angry at times and frustrated and stuff but what that did is promote hopefully a helpful reaction of me being like well I'll do something about it then you know I don't think any sort of positive changes or good changes happen in the world because people were just feeling meh about things you know martin luther king wasn't you know didn't was like oh just you know whatever we'll see what happens kind of thing no he was you know he was recognizing the negative things that were going on getting a bit ahead of myself because that's going to be a topic we kind of come back to when especially when we talk about anger in future episodes but basically Sometimes a negative thought can have a positive outcome. And on the reverse as well, actually, sometimes a really positive thought can end up being quite negative. For example, if your thought was, everything is going to be absolutely fine and nothing will ever go wrong. is It's a positive way to think, absolutely. But is it helpful? Because what if something does go wrong? You know, things do go wrong. Sometimes we have bad days. Sometimes things don't go as well. There are lots of things outside of our control that sadly end up maybe having some negative outcomes. And so if you're constantly thinking nothing will ever go wrong, what do you think will happen when something goes wrong? Most likely it's going to end up with you crashing because suddenly what you've believed is suddenly gone, you know, is not true. And then that can cause more damage than actual good. So I'm all for positive thinking. I am all for that. And to be honest, we want to err on the side of more positive than negative, I would definitely say. But I don't think it's solely about thinking, you know, is this a positive thought or a negative thought and never thinking any negative thoughts and only thinking positively all the time. So don't get me wrong when, and I don't think people mean that necessarily. When people talk about positive thinking, I'm not saying they are, they are saying thinking that kind of thing. But I think sometimes it can, it can be, you know, misinterpreted. So I just like to use the phrase helpful or unhelpful. So just to clarify that, but I, like I said, I may say positive or negative at some too. And if you do too, there's nothing wrong with that. We know what you mean. So don't, don't worry at all um, about that. But that's the phrasing that I like to use. Um, And also, I think it could be quite helpful because then, you know, you're not just judging the thought for itself, but you're thinking about it, you know, on how it affects you. Anyway, I think you guys have got that now. Um, So the key thing to start doing then is to start working out what thoughts of yours um, would you class as unhelpful? And this is why sometimes writing a thoughts diary can be really helpful as a way to track it. So... Basically, what I would recommend, if you notice there are some thoughts that you are thinking that are having some, you know, not helpful impacts in your life or are making you feel worse or, you know, causing actions to happen that aren't great, 
start tracking what those thoughts are. What I tend to do is use the thought cycle to help us sort of create the diary. So basically, you know, every, every day or maybe once a week or something like that, just think back and think of your week and think about times where maybe you didn't feel so great, you felt anxious, you felt low, stressed, that kind of thing. And think about what was happening in that time. So first of all, write about the situation. So what was going on? Were you at school? Were you at work? Were you going into a shop? Were you scrolling on social media? Were you watching telly? Whatever it might be. And then write about, okay, well then what thoughts did you have in that situation? Because as we know from the previous episodes, our thoughts come from sort of situations that we're in uh, sometimes. And so it can be really helpful to notice what your thoughts are in that situation. Because then you can see if there's any sort of patterns you're starting to notice, like, oh, always when I'm on social media, I think this way. Or always when I go to see this person, I think this certain way. And sometimes that can be hard, so that's why just practicing starting to notice your thoughts is really helpful because sometimes you think back and you're like, oh, I just don't know. And like we explained last time, when you're so ingrained in your patterns of thinking, actually it can be really hard to notice what you're thinking and to actually recognize those thoughts. So just practice it when you're, you know, maybe after this podcast, when you're walking somewhere or doing something, just just take notice of what's going around your head, you know, whether it be helpful or unhelpful thoughts or just the kind of mundane everyday thoughts that you have, just notice it. But if you're really struggling to come up with the thoughts you were thinking in that situation, a good question to ask yourself is, why was I feeling this way? And sometimes when you ask, answer that question, oh, I was feeling this way because, you know, I was worried about this. It's like, oh, actually, okay, I was probably thinking about, you know, worrying about this test or interview or meeting that I've got coming up. And then you write your feelings. So how did you feel in that moment? And that's your fairly obvious standard ones, anxious, low, stressed, excited, hopeful, you know, one word sort of emotions, and then your actions because of it. Did you choose to stay away from that party? Um, Did you call in sick? Um, Did you stay in bed? Um, Did you get up for a walk or something? So what did you do because of that? And so keeping a bit of a thought diary in that way, or a bit of a diary of what's going on, first of all, helps you to notice the kind of thoughts you're thinking, but then also the kind of impact that it's having. And so you might want to do that for a week or a couple of weeks or something, maybe just again, you're wanting to start to notice these things. Like I've always said, this isn't a quick fix thing, but it is going to be something that hopefully is longer lasting. And then to start practicing, okay, how do we challenge these thoughts? How do we start to change them? It's a good idea just to take one of those thoughts um, so far and basically practice. So for the purpose of today, I'm going to use a common one that I hear. So I'm going to take you through it, what I tend to do. So I tend to have a young person come back to me in a session and they'll say, okay, these are the kind of thoughts that I've been thinking this past week. And we go through it together. And then we say, okay, which one would we like to focus on today? And so I'm going to choose one that, yeah, like I said, it's a common one that I hear. And that is, I'm going to fail. That is often one that comes up, especially I meet with a lot of teenagers who are obviously doing exams and everything like that, and there is a constant worry of they're going to fail. So we take that thought and we declare it as the unhelpful thought because we see the impact it's had. So maybe this person thinks, oh, I'm going to fail, so they feel scared and they feel stressed. And maybe actually that causes them not to revise because they feel so sick about it and they, you know, they don't want to even deal with it. Or maybe it puts them to overdrive and they don't look after themselves properly enough because all they're doing is studying. 
or a mixture of different things. So we see, you know, whether that was helpful or harmful. For some people, actually, the thought I'm going to fail might actually be motivating enough for them to actually do good and to actually look after themselves because they're, you know, they know it's important. And, you know, and whilst I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, I'm going to fail is a great thought to think just generally. But again, this is not judging that thought necessarily so much, but seeing the impact that it has. And so then we basically, I ask them questions about that thought. And ultimately, this is going to be the way that you start to challenge these thoughts, because what we're trying to do here is basically come up with an alternative thought for this person to think. Because as we know, thoughts are not facts. So we're trying to figure out really the truth here. And so I say to them, it's almost like putting that unhelpful thought on trial. It's like, you know, we're in a courtroom and you're the lawyer and you're basically trying to figure out what's the truth here. And is this thought truthful or not? And so what you want to do is then answer the questions that I'm going to put forward now. So the first thing I ask them about is, what is the evidence for this thought? So as we know, finding out any truth or anything is important to look at the evidence, both for and against something. And I always say, we always talk about, okay, is there evidence for this thought? Because we, again, we don't want to be naive and we don't want to think, be, lie to ourselves. You know, a pos- sometimes maybe a positive way of thinking might end up, you know, causing us to lie to ourselves. For example, it's possible that someone has failed a test before. That is a possibility. And that might be the case, you know, actually, oh, well, their evidence is, is that I have failed a similar test before. And if you, you know, only think like, oh, nothing's ever gone wrong or anything like that, again, that's just not very helpful for us. And so it's important to be truthful. It's important to be aware of those things. So I never ignore the evidence that might be for this thought. But likelihood is, is there's enough evidence against this thought to outweigh it. So they might say evidence for it might be, uh, yeah, but I have failed before. Some people actually, they say, actually, I don't really have any evidence for. And that's often the more likely thing. It's interesting that a lot of the young people I talk to who are worried about failing are people who haven't failed a test before. Because usually, actually, they're too stressed out to not, which is a whole other thing that we then need to come up to, honestly. The people you need to watch out more for and check in on are the ones that seem to be do everything well and are okay and are high achievers and all of that. Definitely, I mean, check on everyone, check on all your friends, but I would definitely highlight those people because there's often something else going on. Or not, or they're fine. That's absolutely fine too. So you look at the evidence for... And yeah, that could be they have failed before or might not. And then you look at the evidence against that thought. So if someone was, yeah, doing the thought of I'm going to fail, they might say, actually, evidence against, I've never failed something before. I've never failed a test before. Another evidence against, how, I often ask the question, how do you know you're going to fail? You know, the unhelpful thought is saying, I'm going to fail. And their mind has already decided that. You know, so if they think I'm going to fail, well, what's the point in revising? What's the point in trying? It causes them to just feel a lack of motivation. So I ask them, how, how do you, you're saying I'm going to fail, but how do you know that? You don't know the future. So, and, you know, so the other evidence they might say against it is, yeah, absolutely. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know that they're going to fail. Therefore, they've got a chance and they've got an opportunity. 
And they might say, I'm not going to fail yet. Actually, I do know the material. I've got time. So we go through evidence that's against this thought. So already we're disputing the fact that, you know, they are defiantly, that's not a word. What's the word? Definitely, defiantly, I don't know. Basically, they are thinking this is definitely going to happen. And we've already now established that maybe, hmm, actually you don't know that because you don't know the future. Okay, so that's sort of looking at evidence for and against. So you might want to do that. You might want to look at the thoughts depending on what that thought is for you. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to come up with loads of pieces of evidence. You know, it's just generally thinking about it in a more objective way. So the next thing I get my clients to think about is, well, I ask them the question, if your friend came up to you and said that they were thinking, I'm going to fail, or insert whatever unhelpful thoughts you have chosen, what would you say back to them? Or would you ever say the thing you are thinking to your friend, is another way of putting it. So basically I say, you know, imagine your friends come up to you and they said, I'm going to fail. What what would you say to them? And they usually, you know, sometimes they're not sure or they come up with something along the lines of, oh, don't worry, you'll be okay. Can I do anything to help? Or, you know, I'm sure you won't fail. If you do, you'll be be okay. It won't be the worst thing in the world. Anyway, they generally say something quite helpful (laughs) and something quite nice. And I say to them, okay, well, would if they came up to you and said that thing, you know, I'm going to fail, would you agree with them? Would you say, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, because you've thought it. Must be true. Yeah, I think you're going to fail. And they kind of laugh and say, no. And I say, why not? And I say, well, that would be a really bad friend. It's like, you're right, that would be a bad friend. You know, probably wouldn't, <laughs> that friendship probably wouldn't last much longer if your friend came up to you and said, yeah, I agree, I think you're going to fail. So then I always ask them, why then do we say it to ourselves? Why do we not treat ourselves like a friend? Instead, we're often putting ourselves down, talking to ourselves, focusing on the thoughts that we would only say, I don't know, to someone we're wanting to put down, to to an enemy of even not even that. Sometimes humans, and a lot of the time, we are just so mean to ourselves, so bad on ourselves. And I really encourage them and just think, why why would you not treat yourself as if you were treating a friend? And honestly, we I, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe we feel it's selfish to be nice to ourselves. Maybe we think, you know, I think sometimes people have, you know, been put down when they've said something nice to themselves because they've been called, oh, it's a bit big-headed or you know, very, what's the word, sort of self, self-promoting, self that kind of thing. Oh, you, you're really full of yourself. And that's why I think, you know, when things have been said that to people, people shy away from it. They think it's, you know, you can only be mean to yourself. I actually had a young person say that to me once that didn't realise you could be nice to yourself, which pretty much broke my heart. But I'm just like, why wouldn't we? Why... Why are we thinking it's okay to treat ourselves as if we were treating someone that we just didn't care about? The fact is that you, the person you are living in, the person you are right now, that is the person who you're going to be with the rest of your life. 
So why not make friends with yourself? And I know that sounds so cheesy and, you know, might make some people, oh gosh, it's a bit much. But ultimately, it's just being kind to yourself. Talk to yourself as you would talk to a friend. So ask yourself, you know, if you were to think, okay, I'm going to fail, what, what would you say that to that friend? And can you say that to yourself? Can you actually say to yourself, actually, no, it'll be okay. If I do fail, I'll, I'll come back from it. It'll be okay. What can I do to get some help from it if I'm worried about it? Actually, I can revise and, you know, I can do things that will help me to not fail. And, you know, you might even, you probably encourage a friend saying, hey, you're great, you know, you're really smart and, you know, it's absolutely fine and you're more than this test or whatever it is you're worried about failing. Say that to yourself. Say to yourself, I am more than this test. I am more than this thing that I'm worried about failing. So talk to yourself as you would a friend. So evidence for and against. What would you say to a friend? Says the same thing. So basically talk to yourself as you would a friend. And become friends with yourself. And we might cover, that might be something, a topic that we cover maybe. How do we become friends of ourselves? Without that sounding really, really cheesy. And then one more thing I get them to think about. Because I think it's important not to overdo it with, you know, analysing your thoughts. And just to reiterate, you don't have to do this with every single thought you ever think. As I've said in previous episodes, we think a lot of them. Like thousands and thousands. But really the ones that maybe keep coming up or are quite key... Um, so that you have a replacement with them. But basically, the last thing I say is, is there another way of looking at the situation? And actually, I do now use the P word. I say, is there a more positive way of looking at the situation? So there might be something that, yeah, like this person is worried about failing. It's actually, you know, it's is there another way of going to, looking at it? Well, they might think... Okay, maybe, you know, because they're probably worried about failing because it's how it will affect them. And maybe think, okay, well, if I fail, I can learn from it. But I've got time. I know I can do this. Or completely flip on his head and say, you know, not necessarily I am not going to fail, but I will do well. I'm good at this. Who says that I'm going to fail? I might pass. I might do well change it on its head, flip it, flip the thing. I think, you know, there's lots of ways that we can do that. You know, for example, when people are anxious and stuff, we're often thinking about things that will go wrong, or what if this happens, or what if that happens? But what if you flipped it on its head, and we thought, what if it goes well? What if actually I really enjoy it? Instead of just thinking of the bad things that could potentially happen, change that what if from a, you know, a bad way of looking at it to a good, happy way of looking at it. And even little things can, you know, the way, the way you say something in your head, one of my favourite things to do is instead of thinking, oh, I have to do this, is thinking, I get to do this. You know, maybe you're thinking, oh, I have to go to work today. I get to go to work today. I have to have a shower. I get to have a shower. And that's not too, you know, like, for example, with work and stuff, there are some situations, as I mentioned before, that are important to change. And it's not to say you have to accept everything as it is in your life at the moment. But sometimes just that little mind shift can really, really help. You know, if you are in a toxic work environment or a toxic relationship, you can maybe think, like, I get to have a chance to get out of this situation. I get to go for job interviews. I get to meet new people. 
instead of, oh, I have to, or thinking of it as something of a, yeah, that's difficult. But basically, is there another way of looking at the situation that might help you here? You know, let's say if you're worried about, oh, no one's going to like me, maybe another way of looking at the situation is, what if I make a really good friend here? What if actually I am really liked? How would that make me feel? You know, think of another way of how you can reverse that, that cycle, change that cycle. So, evidence for and against, what would you say to a friend? And is there another way of looking at the situation or is there a positive way of looking at the situation? And then what I want you to do is you've kind of answered those questions, you've got a rough idea, you might, you might have written them down or something, but I want you to sum up basically what you have sort of come up with into an alternative helpful thought. So it's a thought that actually you've kind of put the unhelpful thought through the system and what, what's going to come out, you know, what, what's it going to produce in the end? What is the new helpful thought? So for this person with I'm going to fail, that might be their unhelpful thought. And now they've challenged it and they've, you know, they've answered these questions. And now maybe their helpful thought instead is I don't know that I'm going to fail and I can do my best and I'm sure I'm going to do really well. Or, actually, I don't know that I'm going to feel, if I do, I know I will be okay. Or, actually, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to do well because I've got time to revise. Whatever it might be, whatever feels comfortable for you, like, you know, what, you know, like I said, that's the same unhelpful thought, but as someone, there might be three different responses or three different helpful thoughts. So your thought doesn't have to look the same as someone else's because we all get motivated and challenged by different things. But I want you to come up with a helpful thought to have instead. Usually it might be a bit longer than the original one you had, but try not to make it too long. And basically then what you've done is you've almost prepped what you're going to think it's like studying for a test, you know, the more you prep and the more you practice beforehand, before the actual thing, it means in the real thing, you know what you're doing. You know, you wouldn't just go to a driving test without doing all the practice beforehand. And this is a bit like that, so that when you're in the situation where maybe you're feeling this way, you think that those thoughts are coming up, it's going to be hard for you to come up with a new thought in that moment because your mind is going to be so wrapped up in already what it's, you know, what's, what you're already being consumed with. And so what you then have got, you've already prepped your thought. You're already like, oh, great, I know what to think instead in this situation, instead of trying to come up with something new in that situation. So all you need to do, again, I know I said all you need to do, but really it is simple. I know it's hard, it's simple. I want you to say no to the automatic thought that comes in, that first thought that comes in that you know is not good for you. You can choose to say no to it and then choose to replace it with your new thought. You know, let's say I'm studying for something, studying for an exam, and I am struggling with one bit of it and I get a thought that comes into my head that says, I'm going to fail. I notice it, I'm going to say no to that thought and I'm going to think instead, I've got time to revise, I don't think I'll fail or whatever it is you want to replace that thought with. A lot of the time actually, it's about just saying no to the unhelpful thoughts that you don't want to be there because that gives you control because then you are taking charge again You are the one who is, you know, 
almost like the mayor of your own mind. You know, you're the one in charge. You may have just been on holiday for a little bit or, you know, forgotten your status in your own mind. But you are in charge and you can decide and tell your brain what to think about and what to not think about. You have the authority to do that. So remember your authority. You can say no to a thought and you can say yes to a thought. And that is completely your choice. It shouldn't be influenced by anyone else. And that's why I also said, you know, the key word here is practice. It's not about being perfect. We're human. We are not going to be perfect at it. I still have days, yeah, like I said, where I really struggle with the thoughts that I'm thinking. And I know that, like, it's not good. Sam and I often joke that, you know, I'm having a bad day. And Sam's like, do you want me to, like, just play your podcast episode, do you? And, you know, stuff like that. And that's, you know, that's say, hey, you know, I teach this stuff, but I'm not perfect at it. No one is. But it's about practice. And the more you practice, the more often you'll do it. And I promise you, you'll start to see those changes in your mind. You'll see that shift in your mind that will just help you to start noticing those helpful thoughts instead of the unhelpful ones. But all you need to do is say no to the automatic thought that comes in and choose to replace it with your new helpful thought. And keep doing that every single time. And that's, again, going back to what we talked about neuroplasticity in the previous episode, the previous educational one. You know, it's through that that you are showing your brain that actually you're wanting to think something else in these certain situations. And it will pick up on it. But you need to be consistent. You need to keep going. So every single time, just replace it. Even if it's multiple times in a few minutes. And, you know, like I said, it can be tiring. So take breaks, you know, don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself. But see this as a good thing. See this as a thing that's actually going to be long-term rather than a quick fix. And actually enjoy it. Enjoy that you're telling yourself these helpful things. Enjoy the fact that you are going to be talking to yourself as if you're talking to a friend. Love that. Feel the release of that. You know, sometimes it's just really helpful to think, imagine it just, you're taking the rocks out of your backpack. You're, you know, releasing some of that tension that you're holding because you're no longer beating yourself up, but being your biggest cheerleader and your biggest friend. So I hope that was helpful. So that's just a little exercise that I do with my clients to really get them to think about, okay, how do I start to come up with alternative thoughts? And, you know, just sometimes that's a really helpful process. So as I said, you know, you might repeat this a few times of a few sort of unhelpful thoughts you have, and then it might become quite common practice. You know, you might just want to choose one of them. You might want to think, okay, what would I say to a friend in this situation? And then you just start to use that to come up with something else to think. That might be enough. Some of you might want to think, okay, what's another way to looking at the situation or looking at the evidence for and against? So you can really practice this, write it all out, spend time with yourself, use it as your, like a little mini therapy session in a way, little reflective session. And then there might be times where you're able just to do it on the spot because you've practiced and you know what to ask yourself. So give it a go. Let me know how that helps you. I'd love to hear maybe, you know, if you feel able to, you know, I'd never share it with anyone else. But, you know, if you want to email us or send us a message and say, hey, I had this unhelpful thought and I replaced it with this and, you know, it was really working for me. Or if you guys are struggling with anything or got any questions about anything, just reach out, basically. I'd love to hear from you because um, you are the reason, guys, that I, I want to do this. Um, so sending so much love to you all. I hope you're all 
all doing well. Um, and I look forward to speaking to you all again in the next episode. Bye.